1: I'm all right,
2: Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today?
1: That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian, Jonah Pody
3: and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, mean, uh, I'm
0: sorry, what's his name? Oh,
3: the Tom Sumner Program.
1: Good morning, Tom. How you
0: doing?
3: Hey, at least I got the Tom part right.
0: The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation.
1: Javante. Jacob. Katia, Andrew. Tia. Violet. Dustin. Shahizi.
3: And the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We roll into the third half of our three-hour tour, known as the Tom Sumner Program. For the last couple hours, we've been talking about... Uh, Oh, we talked about the food bank, and we talked about how to overcome overeating. So, in a way, we've been talking about food and nutrition. We're going to talk this hour about a different kind of nutrition with the author of a book called *Happy Soul, Hungry Mind*. His name is Ravi uh, Katuria. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, Ravi, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Tom. Thank you for inviting me to the Tom Sumner Show I am, program. I'm I'm thrilled to be here and uh, Appreciate uh, you hosting me. I want to say good morning to all your listeners in Flint, Michigan. Thank you for making me part of your day.
3: Ravi, did I pronounce your last name right, Kathuria?
2: I thought you did great, sir. <laughs> it is Kathuria, see? <laughs> that was really good.
3: Um, I, I've, I've been worried about it for a day or two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> is, is
3: that a fairly common um, last name?
2: in india it it's not as common as uh, uh, you know like jones but it is it is common you'll find certainly north india kusuria is a, uh, is a common name certainly my first name ravi uh, every uh, second kid in india is named ravi so <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and you pronounce it ravi
2: um, yes, and
3: ravi. i've been saying ravi
2: yeah because in india the a sound is pronounced as a uh. You know, it, you could have spelled, uh, my name is R-U-V-I, Ravi. Yeah, But it's, it's the r sound as opposed to the R sound or the A sound. Well,
3: tell me, um, in the book, um, Happy Soul, Hungry Mind, you yeah. attempt to demystify spirituality. How is spirituality mystified, and and how is it uh, distinct from
2: religion, for example? Ah, thank thank you, Tom. Uh, Great question. We're jumping right into it. So you asked me two parts to that question. Let's talk about the first one, about demystifying spirituality. I have been thinking about spirituality since I was young, and I spent a lot of years thinking about why spirituality was so complex. Because whenever I listened to spiritual leaders, spiritual authors, uh, they describe spirituality in such complex terms, it was almost scary. And and I realized I needed to get a new Ph.D. in English to understand the terms they were using, right? I mean, they, they use words that uh, Uh, There are heavy words. And then if you try and read those books or even the scriptures, I mean, this is heavy stuff. And I realized if spirituality is so germane to us, if it is so, so important to us, why does it have to be so complex? Why was it designed that way? And then it hit me one day. I realized and came to the realization. Spirituality is not complex. Spirituality is as simple as you can make. You can probably have it, you know, it's really simple. It was just that the descriptions that people had used to describe spirituality, they made it mystical, they put on all these layers, they mixed it with religion, you know, which was a very interesting mix. And suddenly spirituality became complex and it became out of reach of the common man. And if I, sir, my, you know, when I think about what I want to do in life, I want, I have come to this realization that spirituality is simple, and I want everyone on earth to understand spirituality is really simple. And spirituality, and and we can get into the definition of spirituality, why it's so simple. Yeah, I'd I'd like like
3: to do that, um, Ravi, because the, I hear spirituality referred to under two, different conditions most frequently one is somehow measuring a person's commitment to their faith in a particular religion the other is to talk about um, not being religious yes but I'm very spiritual yes well you know, that, that's almost like two different things. And if we don't understand what spirituality means, we're probably not using it properly.
2: Yes, great question, sir. And this actually ties back to your earlier question about the difference between religion and spirituality. So let me share an example. Say you want to go to the airport. And you have several choices for ground transportation. You can call a cab. You can take a bus. You could take a a train or a subway based on which city you are. But you have choices for ground transportation. And these are organized ways. Some organization has provided that capability. Or you could say, no, I'm not going to use organized transportation. I'm going to drive myself. Or I could even walk to the airport, you know, if, if you're healthy and you're staying close by. A bicycle, whatever mode of transport transportation you choose, you could get to the airport. Now, equate I equate these modes of transportation to religion, or those people who do not believe in religion. If you're taking uh, a bus, you're subscribing to some religion. You are taking your own car. You say, I don't, I'm not using that uh, religion. I'm going to drive myself. I believe in my own beliefs. Now, it doesn't matter which mode of transportation you used to get to the airport. Because there, the gate agent doesn't ask you, Tom, how did you get here? All the gate agent does is checks your paperwork and lets you board the flight. That flight represents spirituality. Now this is a great philosophical point. So religion is is a means to get you to spirituality. You could be an atheist and still get to the airport. But the great the the, the philosophical point also is that if you reach the airport and you say, "Well, I arrived in the most fanciest car. I have a Rolls Royce or I have a, I have a Ferrari or or I don't know whichever brand. It doesn't matter. But you say I love my car so much that I'm not going to let go of my car." Now, if you do that, you will never be able to board the flight. Religion is a means to get to spirituality, but at, there is a juncture at which you have to leave behind religion, and I can I'll, I'll explain that. I can explain that further if you like, and then you board the plane, the flight of spirituality. So spirituality and religion can go hand in hand if religion takes you to spirituality. Right. If religion reminds you, it makes it easier to get to spirituality because there is an organization that facilitates, there is a community that facilitates. But you must remember, the goal of religion must be to get you to spirituality.
3: And, and is that, in fact, the, the goal of most religions?
2: It should be. You know, now uh, religion, uh, what happens is there is a lot of interpretations that people have of religion. But as I see it, religion must lead you to spirituality. I see that as the purpose of religion. All right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that is the most important. You know, so I, I have a lot of friends who are religious. I am religious. And we need religion to live in what I call the material world, right? Because life is tough. Life can be really tough. Talk about what a year we have gone through. <laughs> yeah. Right? I've, so I've heard
3: people say, refer to it as being 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, 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 you know, so I'm calling it that. <laughs> I you know, uh, you should have behaved a little better to me, be. <laughs> but you know. So we we all, as human beings, we need the help. We need the support, and religion can be extremely helpful in helping us in difficult times, right? Because it can give us a foundation, a structure that we can hold on to. Otherwise, we can seem completely lost and overwhelmed in life. So religion has a, is a very important place. In our lives, uh, faith can have a lot of, you know, has very important place. But we have to understand that, that being said, if we have not made progress towards spirituality, if I have spent all my time just all focused on religion, then I may have missed out on the most important aspect of life. And that aspect is Spirituality.
3: What do we say to people who seem to be spurning religion and yet claim to be very spiritual?
2: Yes. So those are the people who are, you know, because they, they may have questions about religion or they may mis- believe some aspect of it or they may, uh, they may not believe other aspects of it. So let's, if, if I may, let's get into the definition of spirituality. Uh, remember, we talked about how spirituality is really simple. So let's discuss the most simple definition of spirituality that you could find probably anywhere. It couldn't get any simpler. And may I submit to you, sir, it may not get any grander than this. Right? Right. So what is spirituality? If we understand that, then we can understand this, this example that we have talked about religion and spirituality and how they fit together. So, what is spirituality? I hope your listeners are uh, paying attention. This is probably one of the most important things I could share with them uh, on this Tuesday morning. Spirituality is the experience of our own soul, it is the connection with our own soul. Now, what is the soul? You know, many people. You know, there are different terms to describe the soul. People call it spirit, soul. They call it atma in Sanskrit. They may call it ru in in Ud. There are in every language, there is a word for the soul. But what is it? It is the life force that is in you and me. It is the energy that gives me dynamism. Once this energy leaves, the doctor is going to call my wife and say, "I'm sorry, Ravi left." Now, my body will still be there, but the doctor will say, no, Ravi is gone. He passed away. Why? That energy is gone. That energy is who I am, right? Now, when I spiritually... Could,
3: could you could you call it uh, consciousness?
2: Yes. Yes. So consciousness, um, awareness, right? It's, it's driven by this energy because once this energy is, has left, then consciousness disappears, right? Awareness disappears. Right, and so spirituality is about connecting with this energy. Now, the question then arises: We okay, you say all right, that is a simple enough definition. So it's I it's the
3: level to which you are in touch with your own soul.
2: Yes, yes, you know, and and it, it can it can strengthen. And all of us, we can get into this, have glimmers of our own soul, right? So we experience the soul in many different ways. But when the connection becomes really, really clear, it's almost like the sun is shining in the sky. But if you have a cloudy day, you don't see it. But when the clouds move away, you start seeing the sun. Right? Gotcha, <laughs> uh, Ravi.
3: I have to. Uh, I, I have to put a comma here. I have a break coming up. Can you stand by for a few minutes so we can uh, yeah. talk some more?
2: Oh, please, of course.
3: Great. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try this again. It's uh, Ravi Kathuria, and yes. uh, he is the author of Happy Soul, Hungry Mind. We're gonna let our broadcast partners at 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, squeeze a few words in, or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming the show at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well, and we'll be right. Back. Hello,
1: darling. This is Elvira, mistress of the dark, with Tom Sumner. gather near to us once more once more through the years
0: through it
1: Happy holidays, Mia, Ethan, Kelly, Kaitlyn, Lauren
3: and the Tom Sumner program What do comic books have to do with Susan B. Anthony, Stormy Daniels, and Congressman John Lewis? Find out New Year's Eve 2020 on the Tom Sumner Program. Author Mark Shulman talks about comic book biographies of Walt Disney and Susan B. Anthony. The creative team from Tidal Wave Productions talk about a new comic book series called Stormy Daniels Space Force. Plus, former congressional aide Andrew Aiden talks about developing a three-part comic book series about the civil rights movement called March with Congressman John Lewis. The town. Sumner Program continues our look back at 2020 with comic books for New Year's Eve, streaming live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night, simulcast on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy New Year from the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our uh, conversation with the author of a new book that uh, uh, explains the simplicity of non-religious, non-discriminatory spirituality. Uh, The book is called Happy Soul, Hungry Mind. My guest is called Ravi Kathuria, and he joins me by phone. Ravi, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thanks for for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through that, but... uh, Let's let's get back to what we were talking about in terms of uh, this this notion that spirituality is um, non-discriminatory. And I and I wanted to ask you something about the title of the book, "Happy Soul, Hungry Mind." What are those two things separate, or is there a reason that you put them together in the title?
2: Ah, what a what a wonderful question, sir. I, uh, When I was writing the book and before it was published, I went around and asked a lot of people what they thought about the title. And they said they loved the title. They said the hungry mind, as they heard that, it represented to them the curious mind, the mind that was hungry for knowledge. And then, of course, the soul, which is all happiness. The book is completely opposite to what they interpreted so the book is talking about the mind not being hungry in terms of curiosity but being hungry in terms of being never satisfied the mind is always restless it's always asking for more it never you know it it you can it's never content so if, no matter how much you achieve in life it wants more and the the mind has its fears, its apprehensions, its stress and anxiety, and then its greed. And so the mind is always, that's thats what hungry mind represents in the book. And we have to realize that we are all seeking happiness. We're all seeking peace. But we try and do that by satisfying the mind. The problem with trying to satisfy the mind is never gets satisfied. I shouldn't say it's a problem with the mind. That's just the nature of the mind, right? I cannot complain that fire is hot, right? That is its nature. The mind's nature is to be restless. The question is, do I want to be, and I, and I use this line in the book, is the mind can be your best friend or your worst enemy, <laughs> right?
3: A- absolutely so, right.
2: And so you you want to choose, you want to choose and you want to say, okay, do I want the mind to lead me? It's like people who have a pet, right, especially a dog. And sometimes you watch them and the dog is leading them and other times the dog is following them, different how they have trained the dog, right? So do you want the mind to be in control of you or do you want to be the person who is in charge of your mind? And, you know, we have heard this statement, you are not the mind. So who are you? You are the owner of the mind. We need to be the owners of the mind and we need to say, okay, the mind, you work for me. The day we all get to that stage will be a beautiful part, a beautiful phase of our life because the mind will do our bidding. We need the mind to interact with the world, but we need to understand that the mind is constantly hungry. And when we try to achieve happiness through the mind, we'll keep falling short. so then where is the source of happiness? Where is the source of permanent happiness? That source of permanent happiness lies beyond the mind, and that is where spirituality comes in yeah let me let me uh
3: pull that aside for a moment um Ravi. When you talk about the soul, you talk about it as as being happy or where happiness can occur. The mind is always hungry. Um, but yet it it seems like i I encounter people who don't seem to have a hungry mind. They don't seem very curious. and there are people who um, would say they have a troubled soul. What role does spirituality, Play in having those two distinct parts of our our energy um, yes. whole.
2: Yes. yes. So I explained this. I you know the way I presented. I said the soul is pristine. The soul is pure. The soul is pure energy. You do not have a troubled soul. What you have is a troubled mind. You have a curious mind, you have a, you know, we don't have good or bad people, we have good or bad minds. And actually, you know, if you want to distill that even further, it's not good or bad minds, it's good or bad thoughts. It's good or bad memories, it's good or bad feelings based on all the thoughts that we have collected, right? So I do not have a troubled soul, I do not, you know, people say you're a good soul, you're a bad soul. You're an old soul, you're a new soul. Energy is neither old nor new. Energy is not good or bad. Energy is just simply energy. But it's what you know, it's like watching a TV, right? And on your TV, you either watch a beautiful lake and it's so peaceful, or you watch a bubbling volcano that is so hot. Now, you cannot say my TV is cold or my TV is hot. The TV has nothing to do with what you're watching on it. And the temperature of the TV doesn't change just because you're watching a volcano on it. The soul is pure and pristine. It's what you're overlaying on it, your mind. You have a troubled mind. You have a curious mind. You have a. I shouldn't say, you know, you have a non-curious mind. You have a hungry mind. You have a satisfied mind it's all about the mind and we need to understand that we need to stop projecting that onto the soul the soul is pure
3: that's that's such an important point and and i'm i'm so glad that you explained that um because i i think a lot of people do feel like um they have a troubled soul when in fact i i think you're right uh ravi i think it it really is in their mind.
2: Yes. And, and Tom, thank you for, for uh, underscoring that. I want to say this point. is that, And so when people say, I have a troubled mind, that is the solution right there. Is that they can put a distance between them and the mind and say, look, my mind is going through a lot of apprehension. My mind is going through a lot of struggles but I can separate myself. Now, it takes a lot of time and, and effort to get there. It's not like you can, I wish you could, you know, snap your fingers and, and build that separation. But over time, you can say, yes, my, ta- my mind is disturbed, but I am not.
3: And, and then it becomes a matter of learning to quiet your mind.
2: Yes. Yes, sir. How beautiful. Because in my book, I, I, I talk about. Uh, you know, this is, this, is a, this is a statement that I offer to call it a mantra. It's the most important thing. The ultimate purpose for our lives is to quiet our hungry minds. So we can let our happy soul shine. And that is the purpose. If we can quiet the mind then like the sun will shine through once the clouds dissipate. Once the mind is quiet, the soul shines through. It's the beauty of nature. It is the amazing gift that we have. And all we have to learn to do in our life, the purpose of our lives is to learn to quiet the mind.
3: I wonder, you know, there are so many ways... That people turn to, to do that, um, it it could be you know reading the Bible. It could be meditation. There there are a number of different ways to try to quiet your mind. But I wonder if people are fully aware that that's the goal. Oh
2: wow, this, Tom! You are you are so perceptive. You are so perceptive. You have hit the nail on the head.
3: Well, I get, are... I get lucky sometimes. <laughs>
2: I, <laughs> I, I I want to pay you more respect than, than that. This is more than luck. You are you have caught on to the point in, in this world. And thank you to you for hosting me today. The, hopefully this this segment today will, will remind people of what you have just said. There are so many ways to quiet the mind. You can go to church. Especially on the day when nobody's there, right? There is not a sermon. You're just sitting there all by yourself. And what happens when you're not thinking about, I have to pay a mortgage or what my boss is thinking or what my spouse is thinking or what my kids have food to eat or, you know, I have to go check on my parents. You're just sitting there calm and peaceful. Guess what is happening? And then people come back and say, well, I experienced you know, I spoke with God, I experienced. But what is happening is that you are experiencing at that moment your peace within. You're experiencing the glimmer of your own soul when the mind is quiet. There are other people who go climb mountains, right? And when they reach the summit, there is no one else there. They are just by themselves. And they look around. There is no other thought in their mind. And they experience. The peace within. That is the glimmer of the soul. And so we all have to realize. That the goal. Is to quiet the mind. So we can experience. There is an ocean of peace within us. When we connect with our soul. When we begin to experience. Our soul. We are filled with so much peace. We experience that. That is and an amazing i you know it, you cannot describe it you it, it is words cannot describe that experience
3: you know it's it's so interesting talking about the the different ways that that people can approach quieting their minds and i'm i'm reminded that i took up golf for a while i was never very good but yes. i uh, i would tend to go by myself and on days that weren't particularly busy, and so basically, I was just taking a walk, yeah. and I I found it to be very restorative and and very peaceful, and and yet I see so many people that drag their their clients and their business associates and their co-workers out in a golf course and turn it into a big meeting when it could be an opportunity to try to achieve some spirituality by quieting your mind.
2: Yes, to connect with nature.
3: And there are so many so many ways to do it. I mean, I'm just I'm picking one that's that's a little outside the box. People don't really think of going golfing as a spiritual experience. Yeah. But it can be.
2: We need some we need some golf sponsors for your program now. <laughs> <laughs> but but it can be uh,
3: just as as taking a hike in the woods or as you suggested going to church like maybe at a time when no one else is there yeah um
2: there are lots
3: of there are lots of paths but you need to kind of know where you're going
2: and you need to understand what the purpose is why do you want why you know how is religion helpful if religion is helping you whatever you hear if you hear a sermon and after you hear a sermon, you become more peaceful. Then you're moving in the right direction. If you hear, hear a sermon and that gets you more agitated and angry, or dissatisfied, you're not moving the right direction.
3: Yeah, I we loved to- you. I loved your. Uh- analogy about uh transportation to the airport and when you get there and you talk to the ticket agent he doesn't ask you how you got there he asks you where you're going
2: yes the soul doesn't care and i need people to understand you know i I respect people's beliefs i have my beliefs like i said I'm, i'm just an ordinary human being and i face challenges in life and i have certain beliefs to help me deal with those challenges and to get me peaceful right But the soul, my soul does not care what I believe. My beliefs cannot cast an impression on my soul. Because what I believe or do not believe is a dimension of my mind. My mind keeps changing its beliefs. My mind keeps is faithful one day. It's not faithful. It doesn't matter what the mind does. The soul Soul is unaffected <laughs> by what the mind does.
3: I, I think I'm getting to understand this a little bit, Ravi. When uh, you know we talk about spirituality being a way to get in touch with your soul, which mm-hmm. is ultimately your happy place, yeah. um, and and in order to do that effectively, we've got to we've got to get our mind to shut up. <laughs>
2: Yes, you know, the sun is not affected by whether there are clouds or not. Only you get affected because you cannot see the sun. The sun doesn't care whether there are clouds. No matter how many clouds you have...
3: And that's such a great analogy because, you know, if you can remove the clouds, then you you can see the sun, and, and it... it literally
2: changes your mood yes Well, you can see the Sun Sun is always there it's always present and it just shines through you know you don't have to do anything at that point you don't have to call out to the Sun you cannot you don't have to do a Sun dance right <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to worship it you don't have to give it offerings or bribe it or anything it just shows up as soon as the clouds dissipate. the Sun has no choice but to shine through and that is this is the crux and I, and I and I I I hope people will read the book because I talk about this in the book you know and it's the it's how the soul will shine through because it has no choice it has it is nature when the mind is quiet you will experience glimmers of your soul it is guaranteed it has it is it is a law of nature it will happen to you whether you are religious whether you are not religious and i talk about why spirituality i talked about why spirituality does not discriminate because the soul doesn't care what the mind thinks the soul doesn't care what body you are whether you are a male female you're transgender whether you are a, whether you are you know what your sexual preference is or identity is your gaze gay, straight, but it doesn't matter to the soul. The soul will shine through if your mind is quiet.
3: And there's, there's a, a full circle to this, too. If you can quiet your mind, get in touch with your soul, you can then inspire your mind to have better thoughts, better solutions.
2: Yes. You're, you're, you're a beautiful man, sir. Thank you. You are, you are so wonderful. I hope your listeners appreciate because you have just described is that when we begin to connect with the peace within our fears and anxieties in the mind that we have been harboring for years their hold on us become lesser and lesser. The mind stops chasing Because otherwise, I keep thinking, okay, I have X amount of money in the bank. Now, if I get 2X, if I double it, then I will be happier. Once you have experienced the peace within, then it comes back and says, yes, I need money because I need to sustain myself. I don't want to sleep on the the street. I need a certain amount of money, but the hold that money has on you becomes lesser. The hold on everything that you see in life you're not as bothered by it or it doesn't it doesn't pull you as much. And you begin to live a life that is so incredible. The quality of your life. Now, wherever you go, you know, that we have that phrase, smelling the roses, right? Yeah. And now you go around and you say, well, I've been coming to this golf course for 20 years. But I'm seeing it for the first time.
3: I I I was at that uh, that very golf course that I was telling you about one time, and I I got to the seventh hole, and there's a big trash can there by where the the uh, by where you tee off, and I I just happened to glance in it, and there was a golf club bent in half, sticking in this trash barrel, and I thought, there's somebody that isn't doing it right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're not having the joy they could be
2: having out here that, now what a beautiful point At the same golf course the same beautiful nature you go there and you experience peace that person went there and they experienced frustration
3: exactly exactly it was it was an interesting moment for me of of realization i think that uh um that's that some people take it just way too seriously. And like I said, I was, I was never a, a good golfer, but I did find happiness. I did enjoy it.
2: Yes, I tell people, you know, we, we, we talk about the things that we don't have, but we have our families and loved ones. So I tell this especially to people who have young kids. I say, take some time out and go into the room where the kids are playing and just watch them for 30 seconds. And record that memory in your own mind. We have cameras and, and, you know, camcorders these days, but the memories that we record in our mind, that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, will serve you very well. And we have to string through these beautiful moments that we have in life.
3: Ravi, the one thing that we're running out of is time, but I always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about. Obviously, the book is a great place to start. Happy Soul, Hungry Mind by uh, Ravi Katuria. And uh, Ravi, in in the 30 seconds or so that we have left, um, do you have a website
2: Yes, sir. Happy Soul Hungry
3: Perfect. Well, Ravi, it's been uh, a, a real pleasure talking with you. I, c- I can't believe how fast the time has gone. I feel like you and I could talk about this for hours.
2: Yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. What a pleasure and what an honor, sir. Thank you for inviting me and for hosting me. All and right. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much.
3: Take care. Once again, the name of the book is uh, called Happy Soul Hungry Mind by Ravi Kathouria. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead.
2: Hey! (laughs) This is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening
1: to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl and a baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. I'm feeling right. Santa baby, a shiny new convertible to light blue, I'll wait up for you dear Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight, Santa tonight's the night, think of all the fun I've missed, think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed, Next year I could be oh so good. If you check off my Christmas list. Badoo, badoo, Santa, honey. I want a yacht, and really that's not a lot. Been an angel all year, Santa, baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa, tonight's the night. <laughs> Come and drink. Decorations for at Tiffany I really do believe in you Let's see if you believe in me ba Badoo, ba badoo, Santa baby Forgot to mention one little thing, a ring I don't mean on the phone, Santa baby So hurry down the chimney tonight Hurry down the chimney
4: They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. One. make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside Two virtual play dates social and physical distancing can help save lives Three. tell them they're safe and show your love and pride yes we'll get through this together find out more at coronavirus.gov a message from the cdc and the ad council
0: The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation.
3: If you have a knack for sales and fundraising and would like to become a valued member of a fun team, you could be a good fit for the Tom Sumner Program. Help us develop the underwriters needed to continue to grow our brand. Write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com. The Tom
0: Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation.
4: Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology.
1: How do
0: you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsodent flowing over your teeth now than to have water
1: running under your bridge later. <laughs> the Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner program.com I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors.
4: Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody?
1: I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone? If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight
3: Zone. All right! Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight
2: Zone.
1: Now, having made this little jaunt
4: into the Twilight Zone... I got a
1: feeling something strange is about to happen. In the Twilight Zone.
0: Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
4: scene full of social distance. Something to tell you is true. The love you give never really goes away. And it all comes back on Christmas Day. So here's a little something that I wanna give
2: to you. And Santa handed him a puppy named Buddy Jr. Well, hey, what
4: the judge say? Yeah, man, don't even say it. Well the judge sat back and his face turned white. His lips started quivering. There were tears in his eyes. Looked at that puppy wrapped up in his sleeve and said, to all and to all a good night.
1: i yeah. yeah.
3: Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program. But tomorrow's Wednesday, which means armchair politics, Politico Emeritus Woodrow Stanley will be, <clears throat> excuse me, joining our roundtable regulars: Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki, on the left, and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right. I hope you enjoyed the guests on today's show as much as I did. I want to say thanks to. Uh, Ravi Kathuria, talking uh, this last hour about his book, Happy Soul Hungry Mind, and then learning how to overcome overeating with the author, co-author of Whole Person Integrative Eating, uh, holistic nutrition researcher Deborah Keston, in the uh, second hour of our three-hour tour, and starting out this morning with the uh, CEO of the uh, Michigan... uh, food bank council or food bank council of michigan talking about the help they're getting from the michigan national guard um, phil knight dr phil knight good night everybody
0: Sumner Program is a live variety show we want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions